0: Why do we have to sit here on the beach? I thought only lovers needed the solitude of nature. The solitude of nature, Blake, is to be preferred to the solitude of a prison cell. You'd miss the seagulls in Dartmoor. They tell me the birds follow the plow on the moor in winter. Maybe they do, but I get to hear of them using a combined harvester inside a prison. I want to show you a map, and I want to be sure that you're the only one who sees it. There's only one thing more private than an empty beach, and... You wouldn't need look silly in one of them together. Well, what's it in there, for? The coastline where we run the stuff tomorrow night. Wreck is point three miles up the coast. Here, right here. Well, would you show an Adam scientist how to stick iron filings on a magnet? I know that stretch of coast like the back of me eye. If you don't shut up and listen, you'll feel the back of my hand. It isn't you who's doing the running. No? Why not, then? Because you're as free as M.C. seagulls right now. And I want you to stay that way. The Coast Guard's expecting us to try and make a run tomorrow night. They never give up, the Coast Guards. They fancy themselves like the Mounties with a cutter for an horse and a big head instead of a big hat. Now, I wouldn't want to disappoint them, Blake. I've got a soft spot for the law. (laughs) What's in you that's soft? That. Besides, if they nab some poor sucker, then things will be quiet for a bit along this line of the Cornish Coast. Get me? Well, clever one, Wiggs. I'll admit that. They you know, the runner won't squeal. As plenty before it turns Queen's evidence to save themselves a stretch on the moor. There's a mob up in the smoke who we'll fancy their chances when it comes to taking a bit of a flyer, So, So long as they think it's on the level, they'll never suspect that you even are a little bit bent. Blake, you see, you look so honest, I often wonder why you aren't the Prime Minister. Me? Hey, what have I got to do? You're the bloke who's going to interview him. I've even made an appointment for you to see him. After I've told you what to say. Uh, how do I find this place? Easy. It's in the West End. 33 Half Moon Street. The Lively Spirit. Mr. Nathaniel Wiggs was wont to conduct his interviews in the solitude of a lonely beach or hanging over the taffrail of his ex-naval cutter. But the urgency attendant upon the business of his visitor was such that Mr. Wiggs was forced, for once, to use the seclusion of a back room in the lifeboat tavern. The man was in such contrast to Mr. Wiggs that he might have been described as the exact opposite. Small, delicately boned and well-spoken, He was the antithesis of the heavy, weather-beaten, hard-living Whigs. It was the small man's vocation, rather than his personality, that gave him the chair in their discussion.
1: Walls have ears, Whigs. I trust they're well plugged in this room.
0: Governor, I made a rule never to talk business inside any room. But if you haven't the time to take a walk down to the beach, it's substance choice. Old Lenny Lane, who runs this pub, has always been known to keep his mouth shut. That's why he's uh, old, Lenny Lane.
1: Then we must hope he continues in that excellent reputation. I would like to meet you one day as old Nathaniel Wiggs. I'll uh, keep my fingers crossed, Governor. It's better than the other kind of cross, Mr. Wiggs. You have a shipment of Jamaican rum arriving tomorrow night. How did you know that? Uh, Mr. Wiggs, I don't like being interrupted. Sorry. I am connected with the organization that disposes of your cargo among the immigrants who mostly reside in Notting Hill Gate. However, I haven't come all the way to Cornwall to discuss your smuggling enterprise. The point is, the ship carrying your cargo has a passenger on board. She is there as the guest of the captain, having no passport to enter this country. But she most urgently wishes to enter this country. Unfortunately, if she attempted to land in the normal manner, she would continue to be a guest for a long time, on this occasion a guest of Her Majesty's Government. However, I have given the lady my assurance that she will be landed safely on a lonely stretch of coast into the hands of friends who will see her safely delivered to an address in London. You, Mr. Wiggs, are the person who will extend this helping hand. Uh, do I make myself clear? Yes, Governor. But at this point my clarity becomes clouded. You see, Mr. Wiggs... We have it on good authority that this lady, operating from a hideaway in London, will use certain knowledge in her possession to effect the release of her husband, who presently languishes in Pentonville Prison. This, we feel, would never do. So, although the lady is confidently expecting to be handed over to friends, she will, in fact, be handed over to her executioner.
0: Am I allowed to ask who the executioner
1: is, Governor? You have every right, Mr. Wiggs. It's you. Me? Hang on. I I don't hold with murder. It's an emergency, and I'm afraid you have little choice. It's almost like a war. Kill or be killed. Am I making myself clear again? Yes, Governor. Your mind is quick to absorb the situation, Wiggs. I'm not at all surprised that you're a successful smuggler.
0: I know you don't like to be interrupted, but uh, one of my men is due to leave, and I'd like to hold him up now. Let this new thing's come up, you see. by all means. Thanks. yes? Has Blake left it? No, not yet. Well, tell him to hang on with he? He's not to go until he sees me. Right?
1: I don't bother to bolt it again, Mr. Wiggs. I'm off now. You have complete carte blanche. Do it any way you like, but make sure she is quite dead. It doesn't matter if the police find her and identify her. Nothing matters at all, so long as she's dead. The police? Uh, or Guards, even, eh, Governor? Just as long as the information that's bursting for release from her brain cells is confined there forever. There it is. You've got quite a way of putting things. The nature of my work demands an exact precision. The final payment for mistakes is so very final. Oh, by the way, we didn't discuss payment, Mr. Wiggs. In advance, of course. In advance? Well, there's no risk. You'd never be able to spend it if you failed us. One thousand pounds in small denomination notes is on the table. Good morning, Mr. Wiggs. It's been pleasant meeting you. I hope we never meet again.
0: A thousand quid in cash. Blood money. Here, yeah, I don't like it. Wigs me, Arty, if ever that scheming brain of yourn had to work overtime, it's now. Uh, let me think. Uh, Nobby the Pen. Yes, Nobby the Pen. no, who know how to get hold of him? Ah, Oxford Charlie. Yes, he's very <coughs> now. Oxford. Who's that speaking? Nathaniel Wiggs. Yes, Wiggs. Nobby the Pen, I heard he's out of stir. Is that right? Correct. I want him to do an urgent job for me. Nobby the Pen has retired. It's a pushover for him, Oxford. I just wanted to forge an identity card. Didn't I make it clear? He's retired. It's worth a thousand quid in cash. Small denomination notes. Hello? Hello, are you still there? Yes. What do you say? I just said, yes. Where do you want him? The lifeboat tavern. Harbour in the parlor. Can he make it in an hour? Two hours. Right. Thank you, Oxford. Sir Cannon?
2: Yeah, my first time, and uh, you are taking him with Sir Blake.
0: Yes, I to have to call you down here like this. I was to have gone up to London myself with some urgent crap top and I couldn't make it. Here yeah, you made pretty good time. Well, I was lucky on you know, clear roads and a fast car. Very fast. If you ever know, you and me travel together, we'll take the train. <laughs> you must be hungry. I got lunch organized in the private room upstairs. Shall we go in? Sure. May we go up the stairs. Uh-huh.
2: What's the job all about, anyway? The uh, boss rang my apartment and told me to get down here in a hurry. I didn't have time to ask for any uh, details. Well,
0: yeah, tell you when we get inside the private room.
2: Oh, good afternoon.
0: What's here, Mr. Cannon? do not you come in? All right, Blake. Wait downstairs. Okay. I suppose this all seems a little mysterious to you, Mr. Cannon. The most confidential jobs are... My name is Wiggs, Nathaniel Wiggs. How do you do, Mr. Wiggs? Uh, please sit down. cigarette. Drink.
2: Well, I'll smoke my own if you don't mind, and a scotch would be welcome.
0: Right away. Would you like to eat first or talk first?
2: A power before before chow, I think. Thanks.
0: Well, then, before the power hour, you'd better look at this. It's my identity card. MI5, the secret service. A glamorous name for a mundane job. Mr. Cannon, now that you've seen my credentials, I have to warn you that you'll not be allowed to leave this room until the day after tomorrow should you not be interested in carrying out the job we've set for you. securely? Yes.
2: Oh, that's okay with me.
0: I was given to understand that you'll mind a job with a little danger tagged onto it. This job is dangerous, and for reasons we won't go into now, it uh, can't be done by one of my own men. You just have to trust me. But of course, you... Uh, Can turn the job down.
2: I suppose you give me the lowdown first, Mr. Wings.
0: All right. That opening, Guff, is part of the regulations. Now we know where we stand. You ready? Shoot. A female agent will arrive off the coast tomorrow night in a Jamaican freighter. You will go out under cover of darkness in a cutter and bring her inshore to a place called Wreckers Point. There's a map of the coast for you to study, and you'll have to navigate there first time. Mr. Mason said you could handle any type of craft and had a navigator's ticket.
2: I haven't, it's easy. Uh, what engine's the cutter powered by?
0: Inboard diesel. It's a Stratton two-piston. Yeah, I know it.
2: Is that all? Sail out to the freighter, pick up the female operator and sail her into this uh, wreckage point?
0: Not quite all. There are two other details. The freighter has special davits to hoist your cutter inboard. They will lower another cutter, exactly the same as yours, but fully loaded with certain equipment and the lady in question. It's that cutter that you'll sail back again. Oh, yeah, there's, uh, there's gear to be brought ashore, too. Oh, don't worry about that. I'll have a party at Rakers Point to take over from you, the miniature beach. I know. What do you say?
2: Oh, this sounds great so far. You switch colors. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great idea for smuggling. Uh, I wonder nobody thought of that before.
0: Smugglers wouldn't get very far on this stretch of coast, Mr. Cannon. The Coast Guard's too active. Now, I said there were two details. And the other ones? Oh, it's hardly a detail. You might be waylaid on the way in by certain people who would like to put the finger on this female operator. She must be landed at all costs. Can you handle the gun, Mr. Cannon?
2: Well, they say I cut my teeth on my Pappy's forty-five. Could you use this in an emergency? I could use that any time. But if I'm hailed by another craft, how do I know in the dark that it's not the Coast Guard?
0: That's a good question. Tomorrow night, there will be no Coast Guard patrol. If anyone hails you, it'll be the enemy. So
2: I shoot first and ask questions afterwards?
0: Yes, Mr. Gannon. You shoot first. Coast Guard, Cornish Division. Captain Bowker speaking. Coast Guard, this is a tip-off. Tomorrow night at cutter is making a run towards Wrecker's Point. The contraband, Charlie, is dangerous and likely to shoot if hailed. Got it? Yes. Who's
3: that speaking? Hello?
0: (laughs) I got added to you, Wiggs. You're a genius at getting someone else to do your dirty work. At 23.30 hours, Cannon dropped from the tiny pier into the cutter, and after quickly checking the binnacle and wheel, kicked the engine into life and headed for the open sea. An hour later, he was at the rendezvous, and cautiously circling the black hulk of the freighter that wallowed silent and dark in the swell. He tried to make out her name on the stern, but the lettering had been carefully obscured with engine grease. Effective, he thought, and easily removed before she re-enters the shipping lanes at dawn. A voice hailed him from the darkness, a voice that had obviously been expecting someone else.
3: higher than we bring
0: her under the knee bar in the country of Morda. Make fast, the foot and aft. Well, both painters fast, one right away. Swing on board. Loading away. Okay, Weeks, the other cutter's loaded. You're any passenger. Get aboard. I want to be back in the REC by daybreak. Oh, sorry. Swing on the davits.
3: All clear, Weeks.
2: All clear. Go away. Sorry I jumped on your toe
3: back there. It's all right. you cold? No, I'm all right. Where are we going? At the moment, we're headed towards France. France? But I was to be put ashore in
2: England. Yeah, and so you shall be eventually. There may be another craft out looking for us. I want plenty of sea room if we happen to meet it. Uh... Say, do you get seasick easy? No,
3: I was all right on the way over. Why do you
2: ask? Well, pretty soon I'm going to cut this motor and drift in the swell. That's bad on the digestive system for poor sailors. Hey, put those cigarettes away. If you strike a match out here, it can be seen for miles.
3: Sorry, I didn't think.
2: Okay, I'm going to cut the motor now. How long
3: do we have to wait like this?
2: Matty, your stomach getting queasy?
3: No, it's a bit jagged on the nerves.
2: I wish you to learned your to chew tobacco. You know, don't bother about my peeling my clothes off. I got the swim trunks underneath.
3: Why are you stripping down to swimming trunks? Well,
2: you see, I feel it this way. If there's anybody looking for us, we only have to bother about them if they have a more powerful craft than ours. It's uh, a motor launch. If anybody's out there waiting like us to get a sound of our motor and they don't have a more powerful boat. Well, then, sooner or later, they're going to start up their engine, and we'll know where they are.
3: But we might have to wait all night, Mr. Wiggs. But my
2: name is not Wiggs. The guy on the boat got it wrong. I'm just deputizing for him, and I'll get you ashore before first light, don't you worry.
3: What you mean is, sooner or later, you'll have to take a chance and start up your engine.
2: Well, if they're the sort of boat where you can hear the engine idling, then we can outrun them. It's only if they're on board a larger craft with deep-seated engines that we couldn't hear idling.
3: In either case, sooner or later, you've got to take
2: a chance. Under the water, you can hear any idling engine.
3: Oh, so that's why you're going to dive into the sea.
2: The only reason. At this time of night, I usually take a different kind of dive, one with dames and soft music. Okay, here I go. Are
3: you all right? (laughs) Sure.
2: Keep your voice down. Here. Come on, give me a handle with a gun. Oh. Yeah.
3: Oh. 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 Would you like to use yeah. my shawl?
2: That's no, okay. I'll get dressed but I'm used to it. If I'm not wet on the outside, I'm wet on the inside. You heard something? Yeah, that's right. There's uh, no sense in fooling you, is there?
3: Is it a big boat?
2: Enormous. They must know we're around here somewhere. My guess is they lost us when I cut them oil.
3: What would he do? Well.
2: I gave this some thought all day yesterday while I was waiting for the assignment to begin. I have with me a little gadget I made up. First, we need uh, something small that'll float. So, have you got any idea what's in those casks?
3: No, they were already loaded into the cutter before I
2: was put aboard. Well, the Secret Service can afford to lose the contents of one in order to save the rest.
3: Secret Service?
2: Who are you? Just a plain, ordinary citizen, keep you sure, man. Now, you give me a hand with this cask. We'll enter the contents into the sea and then ram the bung back home. That way we'll have a nice little seaworthy raft.
3: Only half the liquid?
2: Well, the other half will act as ballast and keep it from rolling over. Now, come on and uh, don't make too much noise, huh? <coughs> hey.
3: <coughs> <of the> <sighs> hey,
2: you smell what I smell? Drum! Boy, mother, look at me now on the high seas with a mysterious blonde and the cargo of hooch. Home was never like this. Okay, that's enough. Put the bung back. Now, what do you suppose Wiggs is doing with the cargo of rum? Well, time enough to worry about that later.
3: What are you talking about?
2: Oh, nothing. I uh, I always tend to get philosophical when I'm sitting on a keg of grog. Now, then, you you see this gadget I was telling you about? It's a time pencil attached to a series of small explosive charges. I fixed this to the barrel... I press the time pencil and let the cask drift towards that boat out there. In exactly half an hour, our baby raft will start banging away like a miniature Fourth of July. What then? Well then, baby, we shall quickly know whether the occupants of that blacked-out seagoing vessel out there are friend or foe.
0: See anything out there yet, Blake? Oh, Sausage, he should only have right around the Coast Guard over here on the beach by now. Here, give those night glasses to me. It's too dark. They're a waste of time. What if he makes it to the shore? After you tipped off the Coast Guard? They might have thought it was an oaks. Oh, you worry too much. If you're not careful, you'll wind up with ulcers. Say that? A single shot. A be cannon. There's another one. Hear that? The warning sign from the Coast Guard. He keeps on shooting. Now he's done for. They've got a Vickers-K machine gun mounted in the bows of their launch. He's keeping on, all right. Listen to him. It couldn't be better. Well, Blake, I reckon nobody could have survived that little lot. Exit Mr. Cannon and the mysterious lady. And the cargo? Oh, come on in. Let's get back to the lifeboat tavern. I'll buy a drink. Yeah, I feel like something strong. Blake, you can have anything you want. As long as it's not wrong. There's the beach now,
2: right up ahead. I'll run her in and you can jump ashore.
3: Aren't you coming too?
2: You bet. I've had enough excitement on this old tub for one night. Stand by and I'm going to cut the motor. Well, that's funny. There's nobody here. Blake said he had a party to offload the cargo. At least he said he'd have a party here. Huh? Well, now I know what the cargo is. He must have meant some other kind of
3: party. I don't know how you can be so cheerful. If you hadn't brought that thingamajig with you, it would have been blown to bits out there. Anyway, thanks for saving my life, whoever you are. Well,
2: there's no mystery about me, baby. You're the Secret Service, Risk.
3: Why do you keep talking about the Secret Service?
2: What do you expect me to talk about? The gun those monkeys had mounted in the bows of their launch, they must have come straight from Mamansk with Vitroff on board.
3: But that was the Coast Guard's launch. Yeah, I guess so. What did you say? The Coast Guard's launch after the contraband. Your Mr. Wiggs was only doing me a favor, landing me with a smuggled rum.
2: Oh, now suddenly it's all becoming clear. Wiggs, the cutter, the run. Shoot it out, he said. Yeah, shoot it out. David and Goliath, only in this deal, Goliath had the slingshot. Did your mother ever tell you not to trust strangers? Because if she didn't, I'm telling you now. You don't know, Mr. Wiggs, but believe me, he's no friend of yours. You just sit down there on the beach, baby. In a
0: minute, you're going to tell me the story of your
2: life.
3: But where are you going?
2: Well, first, I want a good long pull at that
3: tax-free cargo.
0: Several things happened after Cameron's brush for the Coast Guards. A long-term prisoner in Pentonville was given a free pardon. And his place was taken by a small, delicately boned, well-spoken gentleman about to enjoy his first fixed address. But just before that, all Cornwall was agog at the report of a headless corpse that was washed up on the beach. Fortunately for the criminal records office, the man had a record and they were thus able to identify him through his fingerprints. His name was Nathaniel Wiggs.